Okay, now, uh, I imagine for a lot of you here, uh, these are very, very familiar words. Um, I am the way and the truth and the life. Um, if, you're, if you've grown up in church or if you, you know, you've, been, um, you've read the Bible a lot, you would have definitely heard these words. Um, in fact, we, we also have a, not a kid song, but an all-age song uh, at our church. And we, we, we sing, I am the way and the truth and the life. And we, and we also shout this, this thing where we go, let not your heart be troubled, which is probably one of my favourite bits of the song, where we can all shout that together. And I can't wait till we can all do it again as a church without face masks on. We can all punch the air in, in great joy. But I actually think because we have heard this, this sort of, um, these verses so many times, we can become over familiar with them. We, we sometimes can lose what they actually mean. And I hope that as we look at them tonight... Uh, that we will get a renewed meaning, that we will be excited once again about these words in John chapter 14. Now, uh, at the moment, we are all aware, I imagine, and because you're all wearing masks, I'm sure you're aware that we are in a pandemic. And we could probably say that these are very, 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 very troubling times. They're troubling times. Um, And even if you're not troubled in heart at the moment, there are times that inevitably you will be troubled. There, uh, you know, just in in, in terms of this pandemic, there's a whole lot of anxiety. There's the the, um, possibility of uh, um, unemployment. There's the possibility of a a failed economy. Uh, There's... um, there's real worry about um, vulnerable uh, friends and family who may catch this disease and die. There's, uh, there's, there's, there's loneliness for some people as they, as they have to face lockdown on, on their own. And so there's real troubled hearts that come with this pandemic. And actually, there are times in, all, in our lives where we are troubled. There are times... As Christians, that we may feel these, these troubled hearts. Maybe, maybe um, with, with a struggle of our sin or, or, or the, the worry about um, uh, friends and family who, who aren't Christians. What about them? And I have a, an aching, troubled heart. So we all feel troubled. Now, what is the answer for a troubled heart? What is the solution for a troubled heart? Now, the world has a whole host of answers for a troubled heart. And they usually are about look within yourself. You know, if you just, you know, search within uh, deep inside, you'll find the answer to your troubled heart. And you think about it even in this, this time now, what are the answers? Well, at one point, I think it was the, the NHS was the answer to every problem in the world. Uh, I, or maybe it's science. I mean, I think I heard um, that, that, that bloke, Brian Cox, right? He said, science is basically the answer for everything. Or, 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 the, or the, the world turns to a whole host of ways, but actually... Science doesn't seem to be the, the answer to everything because we've still got uh, rising uh, cases of coronavirus and we've still got a load of deaths. Myself, I don't really find the answer to my troubled heart by looking inwards because that's where my troubled heart is. 
Now, actually, I think the answer to a troubled heart is found in these verses here. The answer to a troubled heart is what Jesus says. This is the only answer. And so this is my first point tonight. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And that's how this chapter begins in chapter 14, in verse 1. That's what Jesus says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, why is Jesus saying, don't let your hearts be troubled? Well, it's actually because just before, and that's why we read chapter 13, the disciples, Jesus' best friends, are going to be really, really troubled. They're going to be anxious because they've just heard things like um, that Judas is going to betray them, that Peter will disown Jesus, And in fact, three times he's told he'll disown Jesus. But even worse than that, I think the thing that would most trouble these disciples is the fact that Jesus has said, and you can look down in verse 33 of chapter 13, he has said, I'm going away. I'll only be here a little longer. I'm going away. And you can't come. Now, just as a side note, I think one of the most amazing things about this is that Jesus says, don't be troubled. But really, he is the one who is truly troubled. There is no one more troubled in this room than the Lord Jesus himself. I mean, you just got to look back at chapter 12 and verse 27, where Jesus says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. And again, in chapter 13 and verse 21, look what he says there. Jesus was troubled in spirit. He's a troubled man. He's troubled as actually his death. And, the, and the, the fact that he's going to have to march to a cross and be abandoned, for that is what he shouts on the cross, by the Father approaches. That hour looms. And, and it's this Jesus who is troubled in heart. He's, he's terrified. He, he, he feels turbulent, chaotic. You know when, you, you know when you're in trouble? Or you, you feel guilty or, or something weighs on your mind. You get that deep knot in your stomach. That's the sort of thing that Jesus is going through right now. But it is that one, that very troubled one, who says to his beloved disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. It's remarkable. Don't let your hearts be troubled. They're worried, these disciples. They're troubled. They think that the the one that they love, the Lord Jesus, is going to abandon them. They think he's he's going to leave him. Why is he leaving? Doesn't he love us? I thought he loved us. You know, you've got to think about this. This Jesus has been with these disciples for three years. He's, had, he's poured his life and his love and everything he has into these, these uh, 12 followers. And now he's hit them with this bombshell. I'm going away and you can't come. That's going to hurt. And it's into that fear 
And that turmoil that Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, why can Jesus say, don't let your hearts be troubled? Why? On what basis? Well, look at verse two to three with me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. That is why you don't have to have a troubled heart. Because Jesus is going to the father's house where there's just there's a whole load of space. And he's saying, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I'm going there not to abandon you, but so that I can get it all ready. So that then when I come back, you can be with me. You can come and be in this glorious place that far, uh, far, you know, eclipses anything we could imagine is good. And you'll be with me for eternity. That's what he's saying there. See, the way you, you solve a troubled heart, this is what Jesus does. He says, he takes their eyes off their circumstances. He changes their perspective and he says, look, let's take it off there. I'm going to put it on me and on what I'm going to give you. See, that's what a troubled heart needs to know, right? You know, when, when you're a little child and, and you were scared about something, you know, maybe you were scared about monsters under the bed. I don't know. <laughs> Or you were worried. What did you want to hear from mum and dad? It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Everything's all right. Jesus is saying that. It's going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be better than okay. It's going to be magnificent. And everything that is happening right now and all the trouble that you face and you're feeling here and all the trouble that you will face when I go, it will be totally worth it. I'm not abandoning you. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm going to the family home with the father so that when the time comes, I'm going to come back. I'm going to get you. I'm going to bring you into eternity with him. That's what a troubled heart Needs to hear. Now, how do we get to this place? How do we get to this this amazing family home? How do we get to this eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ? How do we get there? Well, verse 4, Jesus seems to think that the disciples already know. Look what he says. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Now, if you're a teacher... This is a, a classic tactic that I think teachers do. Uh, they, they, they say something knowing that it will produce an, a, a question from a slightly dim-witted student. I was usually the dim-witted student in my classes. And they, would say, they would say something like this. And, 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 and Thomas seems to be the dim-witted student of the disciples. He's like, and you can see in verse 5, so he pipes up. Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Which is, I think, exactly what Jesus wants him to say so that he can then go on and show them the way. I mean, it's interesting that he says, we don't know where you're going, even though Jesus has just said in verse 2, I'm going to my father's house. 
But the important thing is, how can we know the way? How can we know the way? How can we know the way to the family home? And this is my second point. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Look at the first half of verse six. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. See, this is, this is the main thing that Jesus wants his disciples to get. It's not, that he, it's not like a three different things that I am the way, I'm the truth and life. He wants them to get that he is the way. He's the way. That is the main image. I mean, if you look throughout the, um, the verses that we read, you'll see that he's always talking about where I am going, where I am going, I am going, you can't come, where I am going. And then he says the word, the word way is used like three times. Yeah, verse four, you know the way. Verse five, uh, how can we know the way? Verse six, I am the way. He's the way. And he's showing troubled hearts the way to the Father, the way to this family home, the way to this eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants his disciples and he wants anyone who reads this passage, these these beautiful verses, to know the way. He wants them to know that he, the Lord Jesus, is the way to the Father, and therefore to the Father's home. See, you, wanna, you want to know God, you want to know God as Father, you want to be with God, then you must come by Jesus. And there's two reasons why he's the way. The first reason why he's the way is because he is the truth. He's the way because he is the truth. See, Nobody knows the Father until they know Christ first. You cannot know God as Father if you don't know Jesus. It's interesting. If you look throughout history, you'll see a load of intellectual people trying to find out the meaning of life or the purposes of of what's going on here or how do we get into this place that we are in now. And they come up with some fantastic philosophies and they come up with some great answers to some questions, but they never truly find God. I mean, you look at the Greeks and they came up with a load of ideas and they were very brilliant people, but did they find God? No. Why didn't they find God? Because they never found Christ. They never encountered the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's only in Jesus Christ who John chapter 1 says he is full of grace and truth. It's only in Christ that we can see the the truths about God the Father. It's only in Christ that we can understand that God is Father. Because as you look at Jesus, the, the perfect eternal Son, you see how the perfect eternal Son relates to the perfect eternal Father. It's only when you look at Jesus that you see the true characteristics of God play out perfectly. How do we know God is a God of mercy? Well, I look at Christ 
And I see the Christ of mercy as he pours mercy out on those around him. But not only that, but as he, as he hangs upon a cross where God pours his judgment on Jesus. So that what? That he may have mercy on sinners like me and like you. That's how I know the truth of God. I know the truth of God that he's a God of justice because he must punish sin in his, in his son, the Lord Jesus. I know that he is a God of love because it's in love that Christ comes to win sinners. I know he's a God of forgiveness because in, in, in making his son pay the punishment for my sin, I may go free. See, it's only by Christ can we know the truth. He is the only way to knowing the God of truth. He shows us the truth about God the Father. And so therefore he actually shows us the truth about us and our need for him. So, don't let your hearts be troubled. Because Jesus is the way. Because he is the truth. But not only is he the way because he's the truth. But he's also the way because he's the life. And he is the one who brings us to the God of life. The one who created all things. The one who can get you to him is the Lord Jesus. He's the, uh, he is the one who can give us life. And the amazing thing about, about Jesus is the way he gives us life. Is by dying. The way Christ says you can have life and life to the full. And you can have eternal life in the Father's home. Is by me dying for you. See his dying work at Calvary and and his resurrection means that I can have life. Some of the, the most famous words of scripture other than these words here that we're looking at tonight. Is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever may believe in him. May have eternal life. And how is it that we have life? Well if you go on in that, in that chapter. Chapter 3 of John. It says that the son of man must be lifted up. That those who look at him. May have eternal life. So we can have life. And we can have life now. See in, in verse 12 of this chapter here. It says, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. There is a life here. We can live lives for Christ here with the promise of eternal life to come. That day when the father returns and takes us to be with him. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be troubled. Jesus is the way because he is the life. He is the way because he is the truth. He is the way because he is the life. But one more point, third point. He is the only way. He is the only way. Verse six goes on. If I can find it. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. See, there's not, there's no other way here. There's absolutely no other way. There is only one way. This isn't like a a mountain. 
You know, uh, if, has anyone, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever climbed a mountain or, or, in fact, I actually went up a few mountains with, with Rob. We did the three peaks together. And there's a few ways you can go up to get to the top of Snowdon. In fact, me and Rob had to run up Snowdon and run down, which I nearly had an asthma attack, thanks to him. I don't know why it's this, but I forgot my inhaler. But I thought I'd blame you, Rob. But, it, but, but to get to the eternal home isn't like Snowdon, where I could go up the, I think there's one called the Miner's Path or, or whatever. It's not like coming to, to this place from where I live in Chesington. I could have come, to, come through the Black Wall Tunnel. I could have gone through the Dartford Cross and I could have come through London. It's not like that. Now, the way to get to heaven... It's just Jesus. It's, it's more like, you know, those mazes. You might have done them when you were a little child where, where there's only one solution that you've got to work it out. And if I've gone the wrong way, I've gone the wrong way. There's no other, there's no other shortcut. They can't jump over a wall. There's only one way. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am the only way. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, it says this. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. See, God has given a way to his eternal home. But he's only given one way. The Lord Jesus. And what a way. You cannot get to the Father you cannot find comfort for a troubled heart if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only by him on a cross that we can have access to the Father. It's by his death we can have access to the God of truth and the God of life. So, have you got a troubled heart? Is your heart troubled? But well, then listen to these words of Jesus. He takes your eyes off your circumstances and he puts them on himself and the eternal home that he promises. Take him off your circumstances and see that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. I, I, I like, um, there's a Christian band called King's Kaleidoscope that I, I quite enjoy. And they've got a song called A Prayer. Um, if you if you look it up, be careful. There is a one version of, with a swear word in, but I I, I I love the words of this song because it starts with a troubled heart. It, it says that he's a wicked sinner. It says that fear is vicious, violent. He, he he's, he's looking around and saying, "Is there any hope?" And then he has this refrain where he says, "Jesus, where are you? Am I still beside you? Jesus, where are you?" Am I still beside you? It's the cry of a troubled heart. And then the voice of Jesus comes in and he says, I'm right beside you. I feel what you feel. And I'm here to hold you when death is too real. You know, I died too. I was terrified. I gave myself for you. I was crucified because I love you. I love you, child. I died so that I could be the way and the truth and the life for you. So do not let your hearts be troubled. See this, Jesus. See what he has done for you. See that he is the way. That he is the way to the family home. 
And that means that everything in this world, the, 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 the terrible circumstances, the, the, the troubled heart, it's going to be worth it because of what we get in the future. That's what Romans 8 verse 28 says. Paul right in there says, I consider that our present sufferings, our troubled hearts are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And so hold on to that truth and point other troubled hearts to that truth. Maybe you're here though tonight and you've got a troubled heart, but you've never truly known the way to this eternal home. Well, look, here he is. Here he is. This is the way. This is the one who can take you and take your troubled heart and he can give you peace and he can give you eternity and he can give you joy. He's the only way, but what a way. So will you come today? If you've never done before, will you come today and will you trust in him? Will you trust in him and know him as the way and the truth? And the life. Let me pray. Father, we, we thank you once again for these amazing verses. We thank you that the Lord Jesus is indeed the way to you. And so we pray, Father, that when we are troubled, when we are in difficult circumstances, that we will turn to the Lord Jesus and see. What a glorious saviour he is, that he did indeed die so that we may have an eternity with you. And so, Father, we pray that you will encourage our hearts with these words and that you will help us to point other people to the glorious news of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen.